We are continuing the discussion on questions to ask yourself before you marry someone. Or these are the questions, even if you're married, you should ask yourself periodically just to make sure that your, your relationship is going in the right direction. I'm Rabbi Yitzwine of Young Israel Asia of Las Vegas and your host here on the Life is Great podcast. So we're continuing, you know, the last podcast, if you're just joining us now, we brought up a couple of questions. One question was uh, to ask yourselves, and I would say the most important and all-encompassing question is, do you want this person to be the father or mother of your children? The next question we discussed was, is the person your best friend or at least becoming so? And then we closed up with the idea, again, it's talking to a, a group of people that are engaging in physical relationships before marriage. Um, aside from sex, do you actually enjoy each other? So these are all very, very important questions to ask. And now we're up to the next one. Number three on here. It's number three. It's the bonus question plus, uh, plus the rest of them are three. So is there chemistry between the two of you? That's a good, it's a good question to ask. And how would you know there's chemistry? I, I'd venture to say that if you were just hanging out in the same room, I don't mean hang out in the bedroom. I mean, just hanging out. Uh, do you just want to hang out? Do you want to, you know, go for a walk? Can you uh, be in the same room while you're doing your work? She's doing her work. And there's just chemistry that you you feel a connection with each other. So as essential as being best friends is and enjoying each other, there should be a physical component to your relationship. You know, dating for marriage is not an interview for a platonic best friend. As a matter of fact, it is very sad when you hear about couples who basically have relationships that turn into, sometimes they begin that way. Literally, they're asexual relations uh, relationships. Um, I one time had a couple and they had a few kids and they had not been together intimate for a very, very long time. I mean, years. And um, she wanted to stay married. And the kids were in their teens. And, and the guy said, no, I, I want to, I have someone who I want to be with. And uh, for me to do that properly, I need to divorce her. And I said, well, why can't you be with your wife? And he said, I never could be with my wife. And I said, well, you have a few kids. And he said, they were all, it was our all in vitro. I, I could never be with my wife. She's a marvelous woman. Very pretty, but did nothing. There was no chemistry between the two of them. She was very happy to be married to her best friend and have an asexual relationship, and he was not. So nearly always a woman who dates a man who meets the criteria listed here can grow to find him sexually attractive. If that weren't the case, the majority of the men would never attract women <laughs> because there's very few men who actually turn heads. Most men, however, become physically attractive to a woman thanks to other masculine qualities that they possess. That's, that's why a woman finds her man attractive. Now, even for men, it's very, very common to find a woman physically attractive over time, more physically attractive over time. So, you know, uh, the, Dennis Prager, who a lot of these questions are based after, uh, based on a, an article that he wrote many years ago. So he tells a story of how when he was in his late 20s, he directed a summer institute for men and women and women from age, for ages, uh, they were ages between 19 and 25. So after the first two summers, he began to play a game with himself. So in the first night of the session, he made a mental note of which women he thought were the most attractive. 
and compare it to that list to the one he made after the four weeks. The names on the latter list were rarely on the, <laughs> on the first night list. And that's because the more men get to know women, the more attractive or unattractive the women become. Uh, sometimes a guy can look at a woman and just say, wow, she's totally like that. That's the one for me. And then she opens her mouth and very quickly says, I'm so glad I have nothing to do with her. You know, like that, that happens often. And, and the converse also happens when a man would look at a woman and he would say, you know what? She's okay. She's, you know, nothing, nothing great, nothing, nothing bad, nothing spectacular. But then as he got to know her, then he actually becomes very, very in, in, enthralled with her. And again, we're talking about chemistry here. So chemistry is not only sexual attraction and it's not only best friend type attraction. It's a combination of the two. And it's saying that I want to be with the person. I want to spend time with the person and I want to flirt with the person and I want to be physically intimate with the person. And this is something that if it's not in the marriage, um, then, then the two people are robbing themselves of a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. So, so we did do a, a podcast, a life is great podcast on the power of the physical relationship. So for a more detailed explanation of that one, I want to send you over to that, that particular podcast. All right. But for now, ask yourself, is there chemistry? Do I want to be with this person? Am I attracted to this person? And, and will it grow? All right. The next question, number four, is does the person that you're with have a number of good friends and at least one very close friend of the same sex that they are? Now, you might stop and say, well, how important is this? Well, I'll tell you something. It's a very bad sign if the person you're thinking about marrying does not have good friends, including, including like of long duration of the same sex, something is very, very, very wrong. This alone, actually, I would say should rule out a, a rule a person out of consideration. Yes, I know. And some of you are going, what the heck? <laughs> some of you are not marriageable, you know, but yeah, it, it's, it's almost like, you know, if you're dating someone who lives in Manhattan and they don't have a driver's license, okay, you don't have to be concerned about. But if you're dating someone who lives in Las Vegas or Los Angeles and they don't have a driver's license, you know what? End it right now. End it right now. It's there's something wrong in that in that picture, right? That they that they can't drive, and it will be bad for you. So one of the reasons is that a woman who cannot hold female friends and a man who cannot hold male friends, they are going to have other issues in their life that are probably going to sink your marriage. It, they, they need to have an issue of like a, a man needs to know what it means to be with other men and a woman needs to do, know what it means to be with other women. And I, I will tell you, it's like it's for another podcast when we talk about, you know, marriage and, and, and how two uh, distinct entities can live together as one. Um, but one of the ways that a man and a woman who the, the who the the Talmud uh, describes as literally two different creations, how they can coexist and thrive together is by each one having a private life. And included in that private life is guys need guy friends to be guys with and to continuously uh, grow their masculinity. And women need women friends that they can be a woman around and, and to allow that the elements that that will simply not be understood by men to, to, to flourish. 
And if they if they don't have that, then that's indicative that something. It's indicative of something. I I don't really know what it is actually, but I can't put my finger on it. But but it's it's something that's going to be bad. Okay, number five. Ask yourself about your partner. Ask yourself how does this person treat others. Now it should go without saying. Unfortunately, it doesn't. But it should go without saying. If the person is not kind to you, quit while you can. Get out. <laughs> Get out while you can. But it is a far from sufficient. It's far from, from sufficient that the person you're considering marrying treats you and only you kindly. You have to watch how they treat other people. Watch how they treat a waitress, employees, other family members, and anyone else that he or she comes into contact with. I promise... I promise you how the person treats others now is how the person will treat you later. See, courtship can last a very long time. Courtship can last years, which is why people that have these extended dating periods in order to get to know the other before they get engaged, that is an exercise in futility. And then if you have this extended engagement period, because yeah, you're waiting to make enough money, buy the house, do whatever you can. Again, it's an exercise in futility. When do you really know the person? When you're stuck with the person. And when they have confidence that you're, they're not going to get out, they, you know, you're not going to kick them out. See, again, go back to the beginning of when you're dating a person, okay? And you say to yourself, if I were to respond in a particular way, or if I were to share something with another person, then maybe they'll end it. So what do you do? You alter your response and you moderate your your what you share with the other individual because you're a little insecure on the relationship. You want to keep it moving forward. You don't want to rock the boat too much. So, you know, back in the, I think it was the early 80s, you know, Billy Joel had a great song called Honesty. Such a lonely word, you know? If you're looking for tenderness, you can find whoever you want. But what I need most from you is I need honesty. You know, I need it because it, it is. Because people are not honest. Even those that, that pertain to be, or they, they, they pretend, they, 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 they say that they are forthright and they're not hiding anything. And they, you know, you know what? Naturally, what happens is we, we protect our self-interest. If you've started dating someone and the deal is not closed, you're protecting your self-interest, which is you. Which means that whether you know it or not, you're be going to smile in ways that you not, would not necessarily smile after 10 years of marriage. You're going to say things in ways that you would not necessarily say after 10 years of marriage. So you really have to look at how a person is treating those that they have no vested interest in being nice to. And if they are kind and considerate and, and you know, to, to those people, just because they're a kind and considerate and proper, decent person. So then you can be very confident that years down the road, when the, you know, the relationship is solidified, um, then you know what, they'll be, they'll be kind and considerate uh, to you. But if, as long as they need something from the other person, there could, it could be a smoke and mirrors. And, um, and as long, until you got a, a ring, on, ladies, until you got a ring on the finger, you're not engaged. Until you've been under the chuppah, 
And I would say even longer than that. <laughs> Bank accounts emerged. You have kids, you know, whatever. You're not married. You're just not. If it's easy to get out, then it's not, you know, then uh, there's a, they we're walking a little more on, on, on eggshells. Uh, the honesty is not, is not completely there. All right. So check out how does the person treat others? That's how you do it. And, um, and that'll be indicative of what's going to come much, much, much later on. Um, one more, and then we'll go to Dana, our, our fabulous producer. She's going to, she has some questions that you guys have sent in. All right. So the next one is what problems do the two of you have now? And what inner voice of doubt, if any, are you suppressing? And again, you know, very often, you know, if you're single and being single is very hard, by the way, it's, it's generally not a, not a envious position. Um, and so, uh, dating is tough. So sometimes people stick with someone, um, and they stay serious with someone for a very long time because they don't, they, if they know it's not the right situation for, it's not the best situation for them, but it's not horrible. It's okay. It's good enough. And it's better than being totally single or better than going out to the, you know, to the dating world. So we, people can suppress the problems and not pay attention to them. So ask yourself, what are the problems? Be very honest about that. And what is your inner voice of doubt? Uh, if any, are you suppressing? So, so here, here is a rule that is rarely broken. Whatever problems you have before the wedding, you're going to have during your marriage. Don't think that marrying solves any problems that you have with the person. If a person is single, depressed, uh, you know, de depressed, uh, aimless, and worrisome when they're single and they get married, then they will be depressed, uh, aimless, and worrisome, you know, when and married, right? They're not going to change that much. And the, the problems don't change when you, when you get married. You, you, you might exchange some problems, but the roots are always going to be there. You, so therefore, you have three choices if you have issues that are going on before you're married. Make peace with the problem. Just say, okay, listen, it, it is what it is, and, and I'm willing to live with it. See if it can be solved before deciding to marry which very often it can be if you're both if you're both honest and if you have someone not necessarily a therapist but you know it could be a, a mentor it could be a, a couple who you know you look at you say wow if our marriage is like theirs then that'd be really great or it could be a rabbi or a minister or whatnot um, or it could be a therapist beware of therapists they do make a living by having you come hour after hour after hour so you always want to be very careful that the therapist is you know helping you. Uh, become independent of them, um, and the, or or the third option is uh, don't marry the person. <laughs> they just like make peace with the problem, solve it before deciding to marry, or just don't marry the person. So it's imperative that you ru be ruthlessly honest with yourself, and it's very very hard to do. Nothing in life is easier than denying problems when you're in love, and that's why it's important to pay attention to those inner doubts. And that's. That's that's the thoughts over there. So now we're up to our favorite Dana. Dana with uh with our uh, various various uh, emails. People send emails questions into uh, Rabbi Yitzwine at gmail.com. And uh, Dana, what do you what do you got for us today? <clears throat> Thanks, Rabbi Wine. Hi everyone. <coughs> Excuse me. 
excuse me. I had a little chocolate before, so well, way to go. <laughs> All right, so we have some excellent questions lined up for you today. Um, and we're soon to have our own podcast email so we can get them even faster. How exciting is that? So question number one. Yes. All right. So question number one says, how many friends of the same sex and the opposite sex are too many? That's uh, such a great question. As you're reading, the, as you're saying the question, I think she's I, I'm saying, how many is, what's the minimum you need? Uh, that's where I thought it was, you know, too many. Whoa. Okay. Um, so of the, of, uh, of the same sex, you need to have at least one good long-term, not a good friend of the same sex. The, uh, how many friends can you have of the opposite sex? It really depends on your relationship and what the other person wants. You know, sometimes a wife will be very uncomfortable with her husband having friends, you know, platonic friends. And we say nothing's ever fully platonic. If a person, if you were totally not attractive, attracted to, to a member of the opposite sex, you wouldn't speak with them. You really wouldn't. There's something there, okay? So there's always gonna be something there. Um, so nothing's fully platonic, but it really goes on your partner. So for a guy, if his wife is going to establish that, and she's actually going to establish how much time you spend with people of the opposite sex and which people you can spend with opposite sex, and the smart guy listens to his wife because she's the most important person in his world. And the wife, similarly, she does have to listen to her husband. Now, if you are a person that has uh, friends with people of the opposite sex, do yourself a favor and don't marry someone who's secure in your relationship. Now, I'm not talking about someone who's jealous, you know, that you need a, you, you know, if you're a woman and you have uh, many guy friends or you work in an industry with a lot of guys, you need to marry a guy who's very secure in your relationship. And you have to always continuously be feeding your marriage so that he is always secure. Okay. Because that is very uncomfortable. So that's it. Excellent. Okay. Okay, so the next question kind of goes in line with that. And this um, listener has said, asked, should the person keep in touch with their ex at all? No. Good, good <laughs> no. no, 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 no. That, one of the problems with getting divorced and having children is that necessitates that you're in touch with your ex. But really, the, when we say a person's ex, it is word to the wise. I'll be the word, you be the wise. Just have nothing to do with them. And uh, it, 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 it's a minefield. It breeds jealousy. It's, you know, we, it's self-evident. So, okay. Excellent. Okay. okay. Um, number three, what if chemistry doesn't develop right away, but you really like them? So that's the thing. Chemistry can develop, um, especially with guys. Okay. But, it, but with women too. Um, so you look at a person, they have the qualities in the, Intellectually, you say, this person will be really, really good for me. So what you do is you spend time with the person and develop uh, things that will bind you. And then you'll just see after a while, you know, and a while could be, depends on the frequency of your, your interactions, but a while could be a month, it could be three months, and then you'll you'll know if it's building. But But I would say that if after three months, if you have consistent interaction with a person and it's still only on a pure friendship level and you don't you're not you can't imagine 
you know, going for a roll in the hay with the person, um, I would say you're probably not going to develop it. There, it might just be that, you know, not every soul is attracted to another soul in that in that regard, and that's the way it is. Or like the person I had mentioned before, that lady, um, she was a she was a former runway model. She was objectively beautiful. When her husband told me that I have zero on the sexuality meter with her, like nothing. I've never even been with her. I, I, I just can't. I actually understood exactly what he was saying because I looked at her and I said, objectively, she's pretty. And I understand there was just, she was not emoting any of that. So there, again, everyone, there's a pot, there's a top for every pot. Everyone has someone, but not everyone has that. So, okay. Um, we, yeah, we have a whole bunch more questions, but they're going to come in the next episode. We're going to do this. We'll definitely have a part three where we'll continue. We have more questions to ask, more questions to, to bring out, things that you should ask yourself before you get married and things that you should ask yourself after you're married just to keep your relationship on track in a, in a great way. Thanks for listening to the Life is Great podcast. Share this with your friends and they will love you for it. If you have questions or comments, please email me at rabbiyitzwine at gmail.com. That's R-A-B-B-I-Y-I-T-Z-W-Y-N-E at gmail. For more content, check out our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Thank you to Dana Rutherford for producing today's episode. And remember, if you decide to make it a great day, then your life will be great. Thank you for listening and being part of the Life is Great community. To keep these podcasts and other awesome programs available for free, please consider making a tax-deductible donation at yiaishlv.org backslash contribute.